Pastor Mike McCoy, welcoming you to the Time of Truth. Tonight I'm in Hebrews chapter number 9, verse number 11. I'll read down through verse 17. Hebrews 9, verse number 11 down through 17. I'll be as quick as I can, but I can't preach this in 20 minutes. You're not getting out here at 8 o'clock. If you need to leave, uh, you, won't make, you won't hurt my feelings. Listen, they walk out on me all the time. It's okay. Have you found Hebrews 9, 11? But Christ being come and high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle. Not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building. We, that needs no explanation. Everybody here on Wednesday night crowd knows what he's talking about there. Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place having obtained eternal redemption for us. That's wonderful. So it's no longer the blood that covers, it's the blood that cleanses. For years it was just blood that covered. But now when he goes into the holy place, he's got the blood that cleanses. Big difference in being covered and being cleansed. It's a better covenant. For, verse 13, for if the blood of bulls and of goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God. Nobody else has ever done that or could do that. Purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. And for this cause, he is the mediator of the New Testament that by means of death, for the redemption of, of the transgressions that were under the first testament, covered, not cleansed, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Hallelujah. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is a force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Father, we love you. Thank you for the night, the time, the chance to be behind this desk. I'm wholly dependent on you tonight, Lord. I can do nothing in and of myself. I've meditated, I've prayed, I've talked with you. Lord, I've tried to hear from you today. Now fill my mouth and guard my tongue and preach me to your glory. 
inside the bounds of this book. Touch the hearts of these that have gathered in this house, those that will watch by internet. And do you work, Lord? Do you work, Lord, through your people, for your glory? I ask it in my king's name, Jesus. Amen and amen. So leading up to this, I love this chapter. I want to preach on the last will and testament of Jesus Christ. The last will and testament of Jesus Christ. One of my favorite chapters in the Bible, I've just read it to you. Not the favorite, but one of my favorites. I've got many. We see in verse number 12, we see, we see three eternals right here. We see eternal redemption. I'm glad we have that. And it, and it come at a great cost. It wasn't by the blood of the goats and the calves, but it's by his own blood. I mean by his own blood. Michael sings a song, when he was on the cross, I was on his mind. By his own blood. He purchased that for me and you and all those that will receive him as Lord in Christ. Now, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to bash them and I'm not trying to do that, but I am not one of these limited atonement fellows. You can't talk me into that. If you'll trust him, call on him, seek him, he, listen, he'll save you according to Scripture. I just disagree with my Calvinist friends on that point right there. We see eternal redemption. Then in verse number 14, we see it's eternal spirit. Well, if, it, if, the, if the spirit that puts us in the body wasn't eternal, neither would the redemption be. So we have, we, are you with me? We have, we have the eternal redemption, and we're, I preached this somewhere here anyway. We're baptized by one body or by one spirit into one body. There it is, the eternal spirit. Then in verse 15, he speaks about our eternal inheritance. Eternal inheritance. The, the word there, inherit, it means heirship. It means to be an heir. I'm, I'm, I'm an heir of, 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 of God and joint heirs with Christ. <laughs> joint heirs with Christ. That's pretty good. Listen, for a bunch of hillbillies, that ought to make you shout right there that we're joint heirs with Christ. We are in the wheel. You ever hear my watch old TV shows? I watch a lot of black and white stuff. The older I get, the more I like old stuff. I don't hardly even like new clothes anymore. I just like everything old. You watch this old stuff, and they'll say, they'll say, they, he changed the wheel. Saying in programs, they changed the wheel. Oh no, he's written me out of the wheel. That means I got nothing coming. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad the Lord, praise God, didn't, didn't ride us out of the wheel, didn't change the wheel. When he made the last will and testament of Jesus Christ, he said, this is it. Hey, you want your name? You want to be a beneficiary? You want to be in the list of that? You get in. If you don't want to, you don't get in. You miss out. It's not on him. He's not changing it. It's on us. If you want to be in, you want to be on the list, you can be on the list. 
If you don't want to be on the list, he won't make you get on the list. I believe that. I'd, I'd be in a different denomination if I didn't think you had to choose it. Let's see some quick things right here. You're going to be glad of this, but it's like Dusty says, I can't count. I've got two main points, but a whole bunch of stuff in between them. So I want us to consider the establishing of a will, the establishment of a will. And there's five requirements. Now I'm going to use, I'm going to use something, and I get criticized for this, using modern day stuff to make spiritual applications, but I learned that from the greatest preacher that ever lived, Jesus. So if there's a problem with me using modern day things to make spiritual applications, then you just gonna, you and I are going to disagree. Establish, how do we establish a last will and testament? Five requirements. I found these all over the Bible. I'll give you one. Number one, five establish, to establish a last will and testament, five things. Number one, must clearly identify himself at the top of the document to whom the will and testament is of. Did he do that? In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Then we come to John chapter one. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. He has the right to establish this last will and testament. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. So if you make something, it pretty much belongs to you. Would you agree with that? So must clearly identify himself at the top of the document. I think he's identified himself. Number two, <laughs> I like this. Must revoke all previous testaments. Must revoke all previous. Jesus said, Matthew 5, 17, something, he said, think not that I am come to destroy the law and the prophets. I'm not come to destroy, but fulfill. Hey, listen, he said, blot, in, in Colossians, this is one of my favorite verses. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that were against us. And contrary to us, moving them out of the way and nailed it to the cross. Nailing them to the cross. Praise God. Hey, the cross was the finished work. He said that thing's revoked. If you want to live under that, all it can do is kill you. Because, hey, listen, all the letter killeth. The letter killeth. You live under the law, you're a dead man. Paul said, you can't do it. And Peter said, you fail in one, you're guilty of all. Would we agree tonight in establishing this last will and testament that he, look, 
he clearly identified himself at the top of the document. Would you agree that he revoked the previous testaments? Say, whoa, I thought the law still in effect for the lost. I'm talking about the ones that have been the beneficiaries in the last will and testament. Not the ones that's running out there thinking they're going to get something off of God. They're not going to get nothing but wrath and judgment. So we done a trust, Pat and I done a trust, family trust, McCoy, revocable, in case she does something, runs off from me or something. That was a joke. She laughed, so the rest of you, if you don't, and I love Gordon and his girls and his wife. Known him a long time now. Dusty went to school with the girls, graduated, I think, with Amanda. But when we'd done that, I didn't even consider putting Amanda on that trust. You know why? She's not mine. Nor would I expect Gordon if he doesn't want to put Dusty on it. So likewise, the Lord doesn't put it. If you don't want to be included in the will, he will not make you and he won't put your name down on the list. I'm glad I'm on the list. He knows my name. He wrote that thing down. Isn't that good? He knows your name. Praise God. Look here. So, he, now look here. <laughs> but the one who's making the document, the one who's making the last will and testament, he dispossesses all his property and, pro, and, and put possessions freely. Where do you get that idea, preacher? 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. For ye know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. What is that saying? That's saying, listen, he never took his deity off, but he laid his glory down. He laid his glory down, and he gave up everything that was his. Listen, you know why that sea obeyed him that night? Because it had to. He made that thing. You know why the wind quit blowing when he said, hey, peace be still? It had to because he makes the wind. You know why the blind man could walk when he walked by and told him to go wash and come see him? You know why? Because he made them eyes. He made the water. He made the mud. He made it all. Praise God. Hey, and you know what he said? I'm going to give it all up and I'm going to give it up for you. I'm going to give what I got to you. Hallelujah. Now, multitudes of people don't believe that today. But there'll be a day when the wheel's red. And they'll think, what am I getting? Nothing. Now, here's what he does. This is good. He dates and signs it in front of two witnesses. <laughs> There's three that bear record in heaven. <laughs> Glory, isn't that good? 
there's three. In our, in our age, there just has to be two witnesses. He said, let every word be established by two or three witnesses. That's why you can't take one little piece of scripture if it's not backed up in two other places. Then, friend, that's not a doctrinal issue. There's three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. And when was this? He was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So before it ever come, the document's been signed. Aren't you glad? <laughs> Not only that, <laughs> the signature must be recorded at the end of the testament. He said, behold, I come quickly. Even so come, Lord Jesus, amen. Amen. Put his name at the end of the document. What are you talking about, preacher? I'm talking about this is the document. You know what it is? It had the old covenant in it. He revoked that thing. How did he do that? He'd done it on Calvary. Hey, that was a, there was a covenant, but he had a better covenant. There was a way, but he made a better way. There was a, listen, there was a way that said, if you do this, I bless you. Then praise God, he said, I'll do this so I can bless you. It just got better all the way through. Now that's the establishing of the document. I say amen to all that. Even though that is a, for my critics out there, even though that is a uh, modern uh, regulation to will and testaments in, in, in this age, I think I found it and lined it up scripturally at least if I can understand it, I'm telling you, uh, nobody else got an excuse. But it's one thing to establish it, but then it's another thing to enforce it. Do you see what we read right here, Jimmy? You see what we read? Uh, listen, in verse 17, for a testament is a force after men are dead. So it's one thing, it's one thing to make the document. Here's the difference. The, the will and the testament is waiting for the full reward is coming after the testator dies. Now, if you're one of his children, you may be, you may be getting some goodies from daddy and mama along the way. I'm going somewhere right here. Listen, if you're 40 years old living in your mama's basement, get a job and move out. Yeah. Not a lot of amens right there, but that's okay. Probably got a red face or two on Facebook over that. But to enforce it, number one, you need this document, or you can't, it won't be enforced. You need the document. And this, this document will do this. Listen to this. Communicates a person's final wishes pertaining to possessions and dependence. So everything you, that Jesus 
wants you to know concerning his last will and testament, you, the, you hold the document in your hand. Now he's not gonna add to or take away and you better not do it either according to Revelation twenty two nineteen. He's It's complete. It is finished. It doesn't need anything else. We don't need a book from Joseph Smith. We don't need a book of Mormon. We don't need these other things. Listen, if we, Paul said, let them be accursed if they preach another gospel. Listen, they better pay attention to that. They're bringing a curse on them and their children when they're trying to use something other than the testament we have in our hands tonight. If that part's not true, none of that book's true. Now, 2 Peter, why would I say that? 2 Peter 1 and 21 said, holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. That's how we got the document. 1,500 years, 40 writers, and it's all got the same theme. Point you to the same guy. I forget how many continents it was written on. I'll say three, and I might be wrong with that, but I think three. But all these years, of all those years, that book being compiled, and it's a perfect book. Somebody said, well, Matthew and Mark's not the same. No, you bonehead. Listen, two different guys told a story. Let Randall talk about a wreck he's seen out here on Highway 70, and then let me tell it. He might say it was a silver Chevy pickup crashed into a blue Ford. And I might say that Taurus, which is a Ford, crashed into a four-wheel drive. Both exactly true. From a different perspective. He done it on purpose. He's the king in Matthew, the servant in Mark, the perfect man in Luke, and in John, he's God. I'm going to read. Let me read you something. If I can find it. Look at it. Praise God. Flip this right there at it. This is, this is, so we call the revelation, uh, and it's just one. Everybody tags it with as a plural, but it's the revelation. And here's, here's what, the, what, what John recorded is given by Jesus. Who bear record of the word of God and of the testimony of Jesus Christ and all things that he saw. And that's in the last book. The testimony. Praise God. The testament. The thing that he left. The covenant, if you would. That he left the promise. I could just keep going. So here we have, it, to enforce this requires the document, but it requires the death. If the testator don't die, you don't ever get any other than a few handouts. But everything that's on that thing, you can't have until he dies. Many say he swooned or he done this or he done that. No, he died. He died. All four gospels record this. And they tell the story perfectly. Matthew 27, 50 says he yielded up the ghost. Mark 15, 37 said he gave up the ghost. Luke 23, 46 said he gave up the ghost. And in John 19, I really like this in John 19, about verse 31, somewhere there, and said, said they commanded 
so that he wouldn't be on the Sabbath. They commanded they be taken from the cross. They couldn't take them down unless he's dead. So they break the legs of the one thief. They broke the legs of the other thief. But the psalmist has said, not a bone of him's going to be broken. You're not going to break his bones. Hey, and so you know what? And they marveled that he was dead already. So they put a spear in his side. And forthwith come blood and water. Can I tell you? He died. Praise God. And the moment, Donnie, the moment he died, praise God, the testament was in effect. All the things that had pointed to it for all them years, I mean, all those 4,000 4, years of, 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 of sacrifices, uh, they'd been a lot of dead sheep morning and evening when they started sacrificing him. How many bullocks have died? How many goats have died? How many scapegoats been led out into the wilderness? I don't know, but it had to be multitudes of thousands of them things. But when the Lamb of God died on the cross of Calvary, bowed his blessed head and said, it is finished. I'm telling you, the testament's in effect. So now... We see it's been established and the document because of the death can be enforced. And then what we have is this. We have the distribution of the assets. You know what they do when the testator dies? They appoint an executor of the will. <laughs> And, and Jesus had already told us in John, let me get my right scripture. In, in John 16, 13, he said, and when he, the Holy Ghost has come, the Holy Spirit said, he'll guide you in all truth. He's going to guide you in all truth. What he says is true. What you hear from him, true. He's going to guide you. You're going to understand by him. How can we, it's spiritually discerned. How do I know if I'm on the list? The Holy Ghost will let you know if you own it or not. It's spiritually discerned according to the document. The document's going to tell us whether we own the list or not, and it's going to be brought to us by the executor of the will. Who might that be? The Holy Ghost. Then we have this. Then he, he talks about his estate. We have an executor, and, then, and, and with the distribution, it always concerns the estate. Well, what would that be? Well, 1 Corinthians 10, 26 says this. For the earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof. This is his estate. So when I drive by and I'm, we're going down the road. We was over at Nebo last week and seen the mountains and and. Uh, and uh, and the lakes and everything. And, and my thought was, my daddy owns every bit of that. You know what that means? I'm part owner. <laughs> i got to share it with you guys. But I'm on the list. Praise God, nobody can do anything about that. There I am. When my daddy died, 
Tony went over to Mary Lou's house and got a pile of stuff that fit in the bed of a pickup truck, brought it to my garage and set it out, some old guns and some tools and stuff, and said, there it is. I thought, man, that ain't much for a guy who worked all his life. A pile of stuff in the back of a pickup truck. That's not the prize. That's just stuff you use while you're here. I'm going somewhere with that in just a moment. See, the executive speaks about the estate, but then they execute or disperse or give out the things that belong to the testator. Tony Wilson, we've got more than we ever dreamed we'd have with boys. So, somebody was talking the other day, and they talked like this happened a hundred years ago. And they said, they got real quiet when he started talking about it. They said, they had to go outside to use the bathroom. <laughs> I said he wasn't called a bathroom. It was a toilet. <laughs> there wasn't no bathrooms. The bathroom was the kitchen standing in a number two wash tub and mama or granny pouring water over my head. That was the shower and begging them, hey, dry me off, let me get next to the stove. I'm freezing to death. We really lived that. I've not lived that way in a long time. So he gives us stuff. But the two things that he gives us. Seek you first. I told somebody this yesterday I was witnessing someone who was not taking it. But I said the Bible said seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things be added unto you. But he won't give you any more than he can trust you with. Some people, some people can't be trusted with hardly anything because it would spoil them or somebody else or they'd make a mess. But when he learns he can trust you with more, you'll get more. I was talking to Gary Lewis today. Gary said, I'm telling you, that stuff don't mean a thing to me. But he never had things when he's growing up. He's a lot like me. And he said, don't mean a thing to me. He said, and I got more than I ever dreamed I'd have said, and the less it means, the more he gives me. That's just how he works. But of all the things he's blessed us with in this life, and I'm not saying I want to go back to those days. Listen, I don't even go camping anymore. I like my bed. Listen. That's good. Hey, listen, that's the truth. I like, I like my, what kind is it? Uh, uh, Sealy or something? What a, it's a good one. People talk about feather tick. Feather tick, the primitive day stupid thing sticking through there. Stick, you roll over, get stuck. Who wants to go back to that garbage? Yeah. I'm not splitting wood. You guys that do it, God bless you. I hope you get in such good shape. You live to be 110. 
I'm mashing a button. I'm not milking the cow. Praise God, I go to the refrigerator and open it up and go, whoa, there's a gallon of milk. I got a bag of frozen sausage patties. Pat bought me somewhere. These things are great. I've not killed a hog. I've not hung any. I've not cut nothing up. I just open a door, get it out, nuke it for 30 seconds, throw it in the pan for 10, put it on the biscuit. trying to remind everybody in this room of the standard of living that we have now because of the testator. Every good gift and every perfect gift cometh down from above from the Father of lights. Every good thing you ever enjoyed, he gave you. We live like kings and queens in this society. We have, I'll not get on that message, but it's coming in the near future. But right now, we live like kings and queens. But Gordon, this doesn't compare to what he really wants us to have. In John 10, 10, he said this, I'm come that you might have life and have it more abundant. Now, uh, uh, that means to superabound. That word abundance means to superabound in life. Superabound. That's good, Wade. That's good. That's what we do. Hey, for the most part, here's what I say. I'm not seeing the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. For the ones that get faithful to God, you're a stone, never had it, over $20 in his pocket when I knew him. They took his check away from him as soon as he got it. So he, the only time he had, he had $1 the night he put it in over here to offering. He never had nothing. Listen, but if you belong to him and you don't, I heard a preacher say this today and it set me on fire. If you belong to him and you don't have a solitary dime in your pocket, you are a rich person. But he didn't just come that we might abound in this life. He came that we'd have eternal life. So, the testators died. The Holy Ghost has given it out. Listen, he's the, I'm convinced that's a good title for him. He's the executor of the will. He knows and he's going to carry out exactly what the testator said to do. He won't waver one place, well another, and he don't speak of himself, he speaks of him. So my granny died, and, and it, I'm not going to air dirty laundry, but every family's got skeletons in the closet. Thank God we don't have to put them on the wall God just pass on by. Granny had a pretty, pretty tough at the Ledbetter house for a lot of years. And when she died, she was she retired school teacher, taught, she had dentist in school. She taught a lot of years, and when she died, she didn't have hardly any money in the bank. But with my mama being dead, they had the, the executor of the wheel was my Uncle Julian, who was the oldest child. He was the executor. So he had to write a check in order to perform this out perfectly. And, and Pat, I'm pretty close right here. You can 
correct me, but it was about $68 to each one of us, wasn't it? $68. I think it was. I mean, an odd number. For us four kids, mama's part was 68 times four would have been her part. No money. And I said, I said at that time, I said, just take my $68 and give it to Trent or Sherry or Teresa or one of the other kids. Just give it to, I said, look, just give. He said, I can't, I can't do that. He said, see, I got to write a check for your part. I can't, <laughs> I can't give it to somebody else. I'm going to write a check and it's going to have your name on it. And it's going to say $68 and whatever cents it was. And nobody else can have that but you. You got a check coming, Gordon. Every time you set up and prepared for a Sunday school lesson, you got a check coming. Every time you preached a message, led a song, listen, Every time you've helped some poor person down at the bank who couldn't afford it and you worked it out and got them something, every time you've helped somebody along the way when you've done it under the least of these, you've done it under me. Listen, every single time you got a check coming. Why? Because you're in the wheel. It makes all the difference. Not, not, everybody's, not everybody's in the wheel. But he'd like for you to be. So we're here in America now. It's a, na- it's a nation of ingrates and entitlement. They want something for nothing. But I'm going to tell you, I got something for nothing. He just doesn't want me to squander. You ever hear him talk about somebody say, they ain't going to leave them nothing, they'll just waste it. So he's giving everybody in this room something now. But the best is yet to come. He don't want us to squander what he's given us. He wants us to use it. But he wants us to enlist others that they might get on the in the wheel. Let's stand our feet tonight. Bow our heads throughout the sanctuary. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the time of truth.